speak to me just um, with regards to where's Hendrik? I know he shot out quickly. Let's just go into the bathroom quickly. Okay, well then I'll start with Franco. Um, Franco, um, when I walked in this morning and, and I saw you come through the door, I just felt the Lord drop something into my heart um, for you just to, to tell you I feel that um, there's a time of God establishing you as a voice in this congregation, that the Lord actually wants to highlight you um, in the congregation as a voice to, to, be, to be more um, front-footed, to speak out. I think there's things that God is placing in your heart, especially in the coming year. I feel the Lord to say that the Lord is saying to you that, that, he's, um, that you're in His perfect will for His life, where you are right now for this coming year, and that you need to be settled in that. Um, uh, and don't look past that right now. Focus on this. Don't look past the, the year. Focus on this year, and that God is just going to uh, give you a stronger voice in the congregation. Wanneer Hendrik uitkom, het ek iets ook vir hom, maar ek sal vir hom later dan gee. So this morning, um, uh, daar is Hendrik, daar is hy, Buta, dankie. You had an urgent call there, but I have something just to give you quickly while you sit down. Um, this morning when I looked over to you, Hendrik, and to your family, I just, I just felt the Lord is, is starting to stir in your heart again a faith to lead. Uh, that there's been a time that you've, you've, you, you know, you've led for a long time, you stood back on a sabbatical, and that, but I just feel that your season to lead again, that God's going to give you faith to lead, and that the, 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 the next time around, I feel it's going to be a bit easier for you, that God's going to, um, in a sense, um, give you a joy in leading again for you and Anil and your family. So I just felt, I just wanted to share that with you. I just felt the Lord highlight those two things. You know, I'm, I'm going to preach this morning on um, being led by the Spirit of God on an individual level, and then what I feel the Lord is saying corporately to the church. And um, it's a topic when we know if, if you're going to be talking about being led by the Spirit of God, then it's amazing He quickly talks. Um, when I walked in this morning, I felt the Lord quickly just uh, lay something on my heart for these two people. Um, but it was amazing when Mike asked me to share this morning. It was almost instantly that the Lord dropped that scripture into my heart in Romans 8 uh, verse 14. You guys can just put it up on the overhead over there. Um, and I, whoops, whoops. There we go. There goes my phone. I felt the Lord almost instantly drop it into my heart. It wasn't that I had to think about what I was going to preach about. Normally, I'd go and think about it, take a few days, pray. It was like an instant thing, and I felt the Lord said, this is what I want you to share with the congregation this morning. And so this morning, I'm going to just be, there's a scripture that says, for many as are led by the Spirit of God, are the children of God. It comes out of Romans chapter 8, and we're all aware of the scripture. Um, and it's something we know, but I feel it's something that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight this morning. And um, I want to start off by just talking on, um, on being led by the Spirit of God on an individual level. And I want to, I want to uh, start off by sharing something slightly different. Um, I want to say to you that it is, first of all, it is the Holy Spirit's desire to lead you. He wants to lead you. The Lord wants you to know His will for your life. He wants you to be filled with the knowledge of His will. He doesn't want you to be in the dark in regards to what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, how you should be leading your family. Uh, he wants you to actually know His will. And um, if you look at Colossians 1 verse 9, it says, it's a, he, uh, Paul prayed that, there, there'll be, that you'll be filled with the knowledge of God. And sometimes, you know, we know the general will of the Lord in, in regards to His Word and that, but the Lord wants to fill you with His knowledge of His will regarding 
the other things in your life, the, your, where, where you're living, how you're working, what you're doing, and how you're living your, um, leading your family. He wants, to, he wants to share his wall with you, and he doesn't want you to be in the dark in regards to this. And I want to share a, a testimony in my life, and I want to say that, you know, oftentimes when I look back on my life, I realize that I'm really completely undeserving uh, of the love and the grace of God in my life in the way that He's used me. And so when I share these testimonies, I, I really trust that you'll see Christ working in my life and don't see me because really he, He's used me um, despite of me. And um, despite my shortcomings, the Lord really has um, uh, put His hand on my life from a young age and I've really experienced uh, some wonderful things in my, in my journey with the Lord. But I want to share with you this morning, you know, oftentimes we um, have something in our hearts. And because we have it in our hearts, we believe that is where God is leading us. Because it's in my heart. It's in my heart. And we look at that scripture that said, God gives you the desires of your heart or places those desires in your heart. But I want to give you a testimony of when God led me totally contrary to my desire. In other words, what my desire was and where He led me were two completely different things. And so I want to share with you that uh, many years ago, I was a young man, I was uh, uh, just come out of matric and I was conscripted into the South African and National Defense Force and I was stuck on a train with one and a half thousand other young men and I was sent up to Potchefstroom and uh, I was brought into the military. Who's around 18 over here or close to 18 over here? Anybody? Who's the youngest we've got? 19. We're 19. Well, I was your age to give you an idea. And so I was sent up to, the, um, uh, um, up to Pretoria where uh, I did my basic training. I had three months of basic training. And um, it was a time of my life where I was really on fire for the Lord. I had a, a wonderful, deep personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Uh, I was very much involved in youth ministry. I was involved in youth leadership. And so I, I went to the army really just on fire for the Lord. And uh, the first three months was very difficult. It was a very difficult time of my life. There was really severe persecution for believers in the army, especially if you stood out. And it was a difficult time of my life, but, but I just felt the hand of, my, of the Lord on my life. And three months into my military training, uh, they came around to choose people to go on a specialized intelligence training in Kimberley, a place called Discobolos in Kimberley. And six of us were chosen to actually go to, uh, on the specialized training. And off I went, and I went up to Kimberley, and uh, we uh, were then on officer's course, and we did what we call intelligence training. And during that time, we finished our intelligence training. We got our rank in November of that year. I'd become a lieutenant. I was young. I was 19 years old. And um, we got to the end of the year where we had to be posted out. And there were six of us, and there were only six positions open. And, of course, one of those positions was Cape Town. And I felt, of course, in my heart, well, I want to go in full-time youth ministry. I was actively involved in the church down there. The youth was really happening. I mean, we would really, on a Friday night, gather 400 young people easy on a Friday night. There was just wonderful uh, a time of a move of God. And I really felt, okay, this is it. God wants me in Cape Town. So I got hold of the, the head pastor in the church down there. Those days, we still had head pastors. And I said to him, please, man, write a letter to the military and explain to them why you need me in the church down here. Um, and that, you know, I, I need to be here. And I'm going to really, I'm on fire for God. This is what I want to do. And he did. He wrote a letter. And we made the submission to uh, uh, the military. And at the same time, one of those six guys was part of me in Kimberley 
also made an application. And the application he made was false. He said to the military, he said to them that he was engaged about to get married and he wants to be close to his wife because he wants to go. And I knew that wasn't true. And the reason why I knew it wasn't true, because he had actually shared with me his heartbreak and that his fiance had actually broken up with him. And of course, we waited for the results to see who was going to go where. And where do you think I was posted to? I was posted to a town called Port Elizabeth. Now, let me tell you, P.E., well, P.E. has a valley that's not happy. They call it Happy Valley, but it's not happy. And I was posted to Port Elizabeth, and I'll be honest with you, I was really miffed. I, I thought, dear Lord Jesus, I mean, yeah, I'm a righteous man making a righteous application. Lord, you want me in Cape Town, and I landed up in Port Elizabeth. And I had to quickly adapt my attitude, because I really felt God wanted me to go there, but God had other plans. And so before I left for Kimberley, I decided in my heart that I would change my heart. I would change my attitude. I will embrace wherever the Lord sends me. And I felt I will go, like Abraham says, if you go left, I'll go right, or if you go right, I go left, but wherever I go, God goes with me. And I believe God would go with me, and I immediately had made that adjustment in my heart, and I got on the train. And from the moment that I made that adjustment, I felt that God was with me in a place where I didn't think I should go, but He was with me. And I got on that train, and I headed down to Port Elizabeth, and on the train down to PE was where I started to experience the first just working of God and a miracle in my life. I was walking through the coaches, and I walked past uh, uh, um, these coaches, and there was a young lady sitting over there with her brother. Now, I must admit, she was a very attractive young lady. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know if my motivation was um, 100% right, but when I saw her, I felt the Lord wanted me to share with her. And I walked over to Monique and with her younger brother, and I sat down and I started to share with her the love of God. And there was such an incredible presence of God. And it was amazing, within a half an hour, 45 minutes of me sharing with this young girl, I had the privilege of leaving Monique and her brother to the Lord Jesus. We bowed our heads and we prayed. And she invited Jesus into her life. And a life-changing experience started to happen for this girl. And I started to sense, sure, that was amazing. It was just wonderful to be in that sweet uh, flowing place. And then I got into Port Elizabeth and, and were posted out to Eastern Province Command. And all of a sudden, I could just feel that God was with me. I wasn't in the place where I wanted to be, but I was in the place where God wanted me to be. And uh, I joined a little church down the road, and uh, they had a little youth group where all they do is they come and play table tennis on a Friday night. Six or seven of them got together to play table tennis. And I got another pastor, and the pastor said to me, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm actually in youth ministry. He says, man, we're looking for a youth leader. I said, well, you know, I'll give it a go. And I want to tell you, I was in that sweet spot because I was being led by the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you, it's amazing how things started to break out. Within three, four weeks, we were over 50 young people. We were preaching on the streets. People were getting saved. People were coming into the knowledge of Christ. And to be in that place was just so beautiful, to be in that place where you could feel the presence of God. And what I want to show you is sometimes God leads you contrary to the desire of what your will is. But you'll find Him over there, and you'll find His presence over there. And we had an incredible year. At the end of that year, they offered me to, 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 to come on full-time 
in that church. I felt, no, I felt back to go to Cape Town. And even in going back to Cape Town, and, and, and there was a delayed response, because I eventually landed up back in Cape Town a year later. I just felt the sweet presence of the Lord again on my life as God started to lead me in a direction. And even in Cape Town, I was on the streets the one Friday night, and I was standing on a street corner. And it was amazing to be in that place where you could hear His voice so clearly. And as I was standing on the street corner, a young lady of about 26 years old and a younger girl, I'd say she's about 18, 19, were walking down the street. And as I saw them, as my eyes caught them, the Lord spoke to me so quickly and so clearly. And this is what He said to me. He said to me, he said, Derek, these two young ladies that are walking up the street, they're going to cross the street. They're going to come up to you. They're going to come talk to you. Be careful. It's a trap. They're prostitutes. But be careful. It's a trap. Don't go to their home. But I heard it so clear. They weren't dressed like prostitutes. They didn't look like prostitutes. I mean, honestly, just look at normal young girls and an elderly lady. And funny enough, I stood like this on the street corner, and they crossed the street. They walked up to me. And as they stood by me, this elderly lady turned to me and says, Hi, Derek. Ach, no, hi, Derek. She says, Hi, hi sir. Um, you know, my name is so-and-so. This is the son. I remember her name. And we'd like you just to come home for coffee with us. We just want to have a share a cup of coffee with her. It was amazing. And I turned to this lady and I said to her, I said, No, I hear what you're saying. And I thank you for the invitation. But let me tell you what God has said. And I gave her the word of the Lord, and her eyes became as large as saucers. And I noticed the younger little ones started to cry. And there I experienced the grace and the mercy of God, because you see, it was her first night out. And I would have been her first customer. But God led her to a man that, that loved Jesus. And I was able to share with her and, and, and give the, the, the love of God to her. And she got wonderfully saved that night. And there I saw the grace of God. But what I want to show you in all of this, in the individual, when, you, when you're being led by the Spirit of God, there's a sweet place. There's a sweet place where God will lead you and God will guide you. And it was a real special time of just grace um, and a beautiful moment in my life. I want to just, there's a quote that um, I love that Andrew Murray says, and, and I want to just talk briefly in, in being led by the Spirit of the Lord individually, what it looks like in your private life, but there's this quote that says, there is no fellowship between heaven and earth unless I set apart time for it. There is no fellowship between heaven and earth unless I set apart time for it, as Andrew Murray said. And I just want to quickly share with you a few things in regards to presenting or, 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 or placing yourself to where the Spirit of God will lead you. Number one, simple, but we know it. Spend time in God's Word. Spend time reading God's Word. Number two, desire God's plan and purpose for your life. There must be a desire in your heart to not just live for yourself, but to live for Him. Thirdly, when it comes to being led in your life, and you, 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 you spending time waiting on the Lord, learn to open yourself and to ask perspective from people around you. Don't be individualistic and you believe that only you can hear God. You have people around you, you have community leaders and elders and deacons and fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. Learn to ask their perspective and in learn to invite counsel into your life. 
When it comes to inviting counsel in life and someone wants to share something with you contrary to what you believe, I want to state that submission in my heart, what I understand is only submission when you have to do what you don't want to do. Submission, to submit, is, 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 is when you only have to do what you don't want to do. So when people come to you and there's something different that they want to share in your life, don't shut your heart to it. Open your heart to it and hear what God have to, has to say. In regards to being led individually, I want to make a final comment on this. I was listening to a, a sermon one day, and this guy said this, and it really struck my heart. It's so simple. But it says this, it says, you can know the will of God in the minor things of life. Why don't you think about that for a moment? You can know the will of God in the minor things of life. But yet I find people struggling to hear the voice of God and the will of God in the major things of life. But if we have the Holy Spirit as helper, if we have the Holy Spirit as guide, which means it is His function to lead you, He wants to lead you. But you need to come into that quiet place where you can hear His voice and to know His voice in the minor things of life, let alone the major things of life. Amen? We're all very quiet this morning. I want to just move on. In preparing the message, I felt the Lord speak to us secondly as a church. And I want to wrap up in the next few minutes with this. I felt the Lord speak to me in regards to the way God wants to lead us as a community in the next season. We've been through a very difficult time, as you know, with COVID in the last five months. We've had almost church, which I think is so far from church. But there's a, re, um, a re-pulling together by the Spirit of God. He wants to reset our sails. You know, when a ship sails, those, those, those sails start to flap. And we have to tighten up on the ropes. And we need to recourse ourselves to where God wants to take us. So I want us to listen to what I believe the Lord wants to lead us into. Number one. I believe God wants us to open our homes and give ourselves to hospitality. God wants us to do life together. God wants us to live as family. And God wants you to share your fridge. This does not come naturally. You need to know that. It might come naturally to your friends. This may be like Frank and Michelle by my stay. Ons gooi so moe braai, ons ken mekaar, ons het lang al ken mekaar afgeskeer. It's makkelijk. Met hulle is het net makkelijk. It's not always easy with everybody. But God wants us to open our lives. The Lord wants us to focus on friendships. Some of you sitting here this morning have a barrier in your mind when it comes to friendships. And for relationships to work, you need to be able to invest time into those relationships. And so often I hear of offenses in the church. People get offended. People get offended with me. People get offended oftentimes by the things I say. And I often wonder, why? Why do people get so quickly offended? The Lord wants us to keep short accounts, people. You need to get over it quickly. Remember, people aren't going to share the same view 
that, that you have. People can have a different view on theology. Mike is a wonderful teacher, but I don't necessarily land 100% where he is all the time. You know? I've heard the Lord personally say to me that when we get to heaven, the Lord will take the first 100 years to sort Mike out. Not true. Yeah, I love you too, Mike. But let's be honest, it's not always easy. But guys, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to encourage you to give yourselves to grace when it comes to people. Give yourself to grace. When it comes to me and I don't always remember your name, don't be miffed. Give me grace. I'm utopy. I don't, I don't get it always right. Or if I'm too harsh in my counsel, get over it. It's not because I don't love you. You know, if I'm a different elder to Mo, so what? You know, God bless him for what God's given him, and God bless me for what he's given me. But learn to get over it. Learn to get over offense. And learn to love. And learn to have a deep and sincere love for one another. I believe God wants to, finally I want to say, he wants to rework certain foundations in us. There's some foundational things that the Lord wants us to be established in. And the first one is Matthew 28, 19 to 20. We all know, go into all the world and make disciples. I want you to notice it doesn't say go into all the world and make Christians. It says go and make disciples. A disciple is someone who's a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the foundations the Lord wants to work into us is the, is the foundation of discipleship, the ability to make disciples. For you that believe and know Jesus and had the wonderful opportunity of this life-giving spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to come and dwell in you, to make you a new creature in Christ, God wants you to be able to share that with other people that are dead in their sin and bring them into the life that God has for them. He wants you then to be able to disciple believers. One of the key marks of a disciple is obedience. To be an obedient as a disciple. Being obedient and to obey the word of the Lord. There's just two more points that I want to add, and this is living God's word. I want to encourage you people something this morning. In James 1, 25, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, we come in here Sunday after Sunday, and if it's not Mike or Mo or me or Skulk preaching or Franco or ever sharing or Keenan, I want us, please, to get past being professional sermon tasters. You know what a professional sermon taster is? Well, you go away after Derek has preached and said, oh, I'll give him a 4 out of 10, or I'll give him a 9 out of 10, I like this testimony. Or, But you know what? We're not here to be professional sermon tasters. We're here to do what God called us here. We are here to be disciples, those that follow Christ, that are molded into His image, and have the desire to want to follow after the things of the Lord. I want to land on, on this one, and I felt the Lord really highlight this to me. I felt the Lord say this is the big one, or one of the big ones. And it sounds so obvious, but in actual fact, it's not. Faith towards God. God is calling us back to believing. We are believers, people. We are not doubters. I want to tell you, God hates the sin of unbelief. We need to believe the Lord. We need to 
believe God for His promises. We've got to believe that God is with us. We've got to believe that God wants us to disciple other people. We've got to believe that God wants us to open our homes. We need to believe. We need to be believers and not doubters. And I want to remind us this morning as a church that we are called to be a battleship and not a cruise ship. A battleship and not a cruise ship. It's nice to sail on a sailing boat. I've done it. It's a lot of fun. It just cruises through the water. But God is actually here. We, we are in many ways rescue boats in a world where people are drowning around us, drowning in their sin, their sorrow, and their heartache, and their unbelief in their sin. God wants us to be that. So this morning, I want to ask this morning a fresh commitment to what God is calling us to do corporately, to remind us this morning that God wants to lead us individually, but what God is also calling us to do corporately. I wonder if we can just pray. Let's just stand for a moment. I just want to pray for us. You know, our Father, I want to pray this morning that whatever I've said that is not of you, Father, whatever I've said that is in the flesh and has no bearing, I pray, Lord, it'll just fall to the ground and die. But Father, if there are things that by your Holy Spirit you want to highlight in our hearts, this morning as your precious people. It is my sincere prayer this morning that you would establish these seeds in our hearts. And Father, that we would be able to stand and say, Lord, here am I. Help me to be obedient. Help me to hear this morning. Lord, let this not be a difficult word. But let it be a word, Lord, that I want to respond to from my heart. Father, help me to believe. Help me to believe, Father, that you want to heal me. Help me, Lord, to believe that you care about my life personally. Help me to believe, Father, that when I go to bed at night, Father, that you look down and you see me and it's your desire to love me. Lord, help me to believe that when I wake up in the morning, that every step that I take, Father, is ordered of the Lord. Father, help me to believe that as the leader of my home, that you, Lord Jesus, have good things in store for me and my children. And Father, when I go through difficult times with my children, I pray, Lord, help me to believe that, Father, you know what's best and that I can trust you implicitly. Father, help me to believe, Father, this morning for my life's partner. Help me to believe, Father, that you have for me that which would be a great blessing for my life and me to that person. Lord, help me to believe this morning, Father. Help me, Lord, not just to study your word, Lord, but may your word, Lord Jesus, not be a dead test, but a living, living epistle. And Father, make my life a living epistle. Make my life a living epistle that is dipped in the blood of Jesus and writes the story 
of the days and the counts that you have set out for me. Help me, Lord, to believe this morning. And help me, Father, to have faith towards you. In Jesus' name.